Welcome once again to the Life House Beloved podcast. And so say hello, girls. I'm joined hello. again by Lena. Sorry, Lena and Debbie. Now hello. you say hello. <laughs> <laughs> and of course, David as our guest this series. Hello, everyone. Uh, last week, we just spoke about what a discipleship environment is and how you found it. And um, Lena, could you just recap a little bit for us? Maybe talk about a discipleship environment for us at Life House means a no excuse zone. Could you unpack that a little bit? Yeah, no excuse saying so it's not um we go on to our Sunday service and get our heads patted and go home and that's all we have to do. There is a level of expectation that we have no excuse to not meet. Um no excuse is zone is you have no excuse not to be discipling someone. You have no excuse not to be growing. You have no excuse not to be walking in your um your gifts and your calling. Um there's just there's just no excuse. I love that. That's great. That's a really good explanation. Debbie, anything to add? No, but you're swimming that I am in the no excuse. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm loving it. Yeah, <laughs> it's great. <laughs> No, it really is, actually. <laughs> yeah, and, and so we talk, uh, spoke as well last week just about enablement versus empowerment. So with enablement, you sort of get that entitlement mentality that everyone's there to serve you. And, you know, basically you could probably be stagnating and there's no growth there, whereas an empowerment um, environment, you are being empowered and you, you're being encouraged to become and be everything that Christ has called you to be. So it's really a place that's very conducive to growth and challenge and stretching. And, you know, as well, remember that with some um, growth does involve sometimes a bit of pain and stretching, and that's a good thing, Stretch isn't marks. it? You girls like pain, yep. don't you? Pain's good. Hmm. So I had a sweet little metaphor and then I forgot it. It was about to come out of my mouth, so I'll just pipe down over here. No pain, no gain. (laughs) (laughs) I should be careful. These words are going to get thrown back at me. I have to watch what I say. All right, so this week um, I want us to just look a little bit about how do you know that you've been discipled? So, Lena, how do you know you've been discipled? Um, So the first thought that came to mind was uncomfortable. It's a general state of constantly being uncomfortable. That's good. <laughs> he said, I'm comfortable. I was like, hang on a second. You must be in a different area. Now. Out of your comfort Reading zone. Reading a different Bible to me. <laughs> so Debbie's in the zone. <laughs> yeah, so if you look at Jesus and his, his teaching, it was anything but comfortable. It was not status quo. It was the complete opposite. Um, Luke 14, 33, in the same way, those of you who do not give up everything you have cannot be my disciples. That's just one of... Um, one of the things Jesus said, he's saying, like, the cost of following me is giving up everything. That's not, not comfortable. That's, you know, discipleship is, is uncomfortable. Um, and it's comfortable for us to hold on to all our little things, our comfy blankets, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, yeah and, I, I mean, I've grown up, spent my whole life in Australia, and the culture I've grown up into is that, you know, we get to have our, our nice house that we've, that you know, we're paying off and we get our fancy cars and we go on lovely holidays and it's a comfortable lifestyle with I'm comfortable and I'm watching TV and da-da-da-da, all these things. is about, you know, shopping and materialism, all that sort of stuff. That's a comfortable lifestyle. So coming into um, what Jesus wants, he's saying the cost is everything. We have to be willing to give up every single thing in our life, including our own life. Um, so, yeah. How you know you're being discipled? You're being uncomfortable. That's good. You I are that. that's, a, that's a good nutshell, isn't it, if you mm-hmm. feel you're uncomfortable? Um, for me, I wrote things like growth, change, and challenge. 
are you changing? And also uh, Matthew chapter 7, verse 20, Jesus speaking again here, he says, thus by their fruit you will recognise them. Mm. And so I think that as well as, you know, to answer the question, how do you know that you are being discipled? Are your friends and family seeing change in you? Are they recognising you? Um, you know, change, do they see the fruit? Are you becoming more Christ-like? Do you walk more and more in the fruit this day? Like today, am I walking more in it than I did last year? Am I growing bolder in my faith? And is my intimacy with Christ increasing? And, you know, for me, a sign of this as well is, um, am I still excited about Jesus and ministry? You know, I've heard people my age and older sort of, Having the mentality of, oh, well, you know, we've done our thing. We did our stint on the church council or, you know, we've done our years of ministry and it's time now for the youngsters to take over. I've actually heard that. And and for me, it's like I should just be, you know, um, going until I die. There's no such thing to me as retirement in ministry. I mean, you, you know, you serve the Lord for your whole life and just get more excited about it and, you know, more on fire as you get older, not less. Mm, I was planning on dropping dead, like, in the pulpit preaching. Yep. Yeah, yeah, dropping dead there. So it's just like <laughs> spend everything and just go absolutely exhausted to heaven. You can, you know, I was going to say have enough time to sleep there, but we're not going to be sleeping there. Mm-hmm. We'll be ruling and reigning. And what we do now as well is training for that as well. So, yeah, so I think for me that's like, you know, you're being discipled if you're continually changing and growing. Mm. What about you, Debbie? Uh, I had it from my perspective, how ways that I have been discipled, um, so I'm encouraged and I had strongly to get into God's word and taught the importance of it, um, accountable to others, um, taught ways to move further in my walk. So like we've had um, prophetic activation seminars and um, yeah, and I totally forgot the one earlier on in the year. <laughs> we've, had, we've had seminars and things like that mm-hmm. to, to not just, you know, oh, the teaching. school, from, yeah, answering class. Yeah, so yeah. Not just stuff from, you know, the pulpit each week, but extra things that we've been taught um, and encouraged not to just sit in the pew, but to go for it or risk being dumped in the deep end I had. <laughs> <laughs> Thrown in the pool, as it were. Yeah. That's awesome. Well, I, I think as well, if there's anyone, you know, if you if you get to, well, you get probably permission given here to shoot me if I ever get to the stage. But if you really get to a stage where you think you've done your bit in ministry, and then then there's a problem, I'd say you're not actually a disciple. I went to a, a couple, it was actually my friend's um, parents, they were retiring and um, the church was acknowledging that they were retiring from the the, the field of ministry, like they were overseas um, missionaries and they were saying that they were just retiring from that but they actually got up and they said well we're retiring but we're not really there's no such thing in God's family of retiring we'd like to call it retread yeah Yeah, I love it (laughs) retreading that's awesome so they just get a new retread and well I've still got the sage stage to look forward to right as well where you know old sage and imparting and (laughs) always imparting still and always doing and always growing myself as well I'll still be growing and learning things and changing yeah David, what would you like to say? How do you know you've been discipled? Uh, I was going to just give this illustration, um, talking about emptying yourself. and, 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 and I, I got it either from Paul Scanlon or Hillsong. <laughs> you know Brian you read Houston. a lot when you can't remember where <laughs> yeah. anything comes from. <laughs> one of these two guys, they, 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 in one of their sermons they were preaching and, and, and they said when they get to heaven... 
They want to they wanna get to heaven like exhausted. There's no more energy left. Battered, bruised, used. Like mm. a car's used, absolutely used. It, it, as it reaches the gates of heaven, it breaks down. <laughs> Bang. Now that's, that to me is, is, is sort of how I, I try, how I try to live my life. Just full out pushing it to the very edge that I can push it so that when I get to heaven, it's like the story of the talents. I'm not, I haven't got a hidden talent somewhere. And, you know, oops. I didn't yeah, didn't even, or didn't even know I had it. That's sad, isn't it? I would rather it? use mm. it and lose it than keep Never it and have it. a hand back. Yeah. A and new, brand new minted coin. And, you know, the sad thing is as well that for so many people, and I think as well if you, you know, are staying in an enablement environment, you may very well have talents that you don't even know about because... Mm. You know, with empowerment, you'll have someone there that's championing you and, and showing you and, and helping you. And that's one of um, David's particular, well, talent giftings is to, to identify and see the potential in people, often long before they even see it themselves and they might not even recognise it. But how sad would that be, hey, to have talents and things and that you didn't even know or giftings that you didn't know about? Mm. Tragic. Yes. Maybe just explain the whole like the talents thing from the Gospels, which talks about that? Well, Jesus gives a parable of the talents where he says a rich man who said he's going to leave and he's coming back sometime, but he called three of his servants and he said to them, okay, I'm giving you five, I'm giving you two, I'm giving you one. Go and multiply it. Go and do something about with it. And so the five and the two, the guy with the five and the guy with the two went out and risked and doubled their giftings, and the guy with the one thought, hey, hang on a second, I know what my master's like. He's going to expect something from where it wasn't. He didn't even sow it. And, and, and so we can talk a lot about his heart attitude towards his master. But in effect, he took the safe journey by burying his talent, and then when the master came back, the accounts were measured up, and well done, good and faithful servant to the five, well done, good and faithful servant to the two, because they doubled up. The guy that got one said, Lord, I know you're a good man, this, that, the other, but, and a hard man, but here is your one talent that you gave me, brand new, shining. And in an, in, for me, personally, in an entitlement environment, the mentality that I think in some Christians would be, that's good, I, you know, I'm, I'm giving it back brand new, Lord, you're going to bless me for this. I've wow. kept it all safe and comfortable mm. and, and clean in the box. The Lord says, no, give it to you, you unfaithful, lazy servant. He gave it to the one that had 10 and he said, out, out of darkness. Mm. That's frightening. Mm. That's fine. So for me, I will use everything and anything and I will risk failure yeah. even mm. to, to, to use what God has given me, every aspect of it, so that when I hand it back, it's either doubled or it's dented and broken. Mm. <laughs> and I think, um, I think it was, uh, you know, that word risk that we're talking about, and Lena, what you were talking about, being uncomfortable, that's it, involved risk. You know, being a disciple equals risk, uncomfortable. And just to say as well to everyone listening there, every single one of you has got talents. Mm. Yeah. God puts them in you. They have been there since birth. Every one of you have got them, even if you haven't discovered them yet or you don't know what they are. And often it's very natural to who you are that you may not even recognize it as a talent. And I'd, I'd, and, and I want to say as well that 
the plans that God has for you, um, you know, and in terms of your giftings as well, is just absolutely way beyond what you could ever imagine. You might think you have big dreams, but God's dreams are so much bigger than what we could imagine. It would probably scare the life out of us. And I just want to encourage you that, you know, if you are not maybe going to church or if you're not in um, an empowerment environment, go and find people. There are other, you know, there's there's other people like us out there um, that God has put for the purpose of, of encouraging you, being there to train you and encourage you, just so that you can be everything he's called you to be and you can really discover what your talents are and use them for his glory. So every one of you has talents, so just be encouraged. What do we need to learn um, to be a disciple, David? What type of things? Um, there's the, to, to, there are three aspects that I use to train a disciple. Number one, classroom training. So there's a lot of teaching around the word and around different aspects. And at the moment, at LifeHouse, I call it level one, level two training. But shall henceforth be called the essentials. (laughs) (laughs) The girls will be working on better terminology. I've got this group of youngsters that, and they're phenomenal, and they're rebranding everything, which I've given their permission to do, and I love love what they're doing. Even though they mock us us a lot, and, you know, it's a technology, but they're awesome. The essentials, but I'm not allowed to say level one. <laughs> so what's level two then? Got More essentials. Essentials, <laughs> <laughs> essentials plus. I haven't got that yet. Keep going, keep going. Essentials right. 2.0. So, okay, so three things you need. you need. You need to have classroom teaching. You need to have mentoring. And then you need to have immersion, which Debbie and I have been bantering about over the last couple of weeks, and that's deep in swimming. <laughs> yep. <laughs> immersion, I love that. Yep. So You're going in, so you may as well go all the way. <laughs> what we've done at LifeHouse is in level one and now called essentials training, we, we look at... And you at heard it first on <laughs> Beloved. <laughs> <laughs> when I look at a person's life, I look at four areas in their life. I look at their spiritual life. I look at their character. I look at how they live out their, their, their discipleship with their family. And I look at their ministry. And so level one essentials, I've got to get used to this. My objective at the end of it is, are they compliant? Matthew 22, Matthew 28 compliant. And so everything I do within that training has to, reach, has to touch one of those four areas. Their spiritual life, their character, their family, and their ministry. And so... I take them through a process in in an 18-month training course where we do foundations, we do the big five, and then we finish off with the six-day school. So just briefly explain, like foundations is just, you know, your basic doctrines of the Bible, right? If if you're out there in podcast world, just go read Hebrews chapters, chapter 6, verse 1 to 3, and we give a, I can't even remember how many week course it is. 15 week, I believe so. It's a 15 week course. Yeah. On on each one of those. So we teach people about foundations. We teach them about sin. We teach them about redemption. We teach them about um, the baptisms, water, Holy Spirit, and fire. We teach them about faith. We teach about um, mm, judgment, a little bit of end times, laying on of hands, and stuff like that. And so. Essentially, we lay a, fa- a theological foundation, and each one of those aspects will touch one of those four areas. Then we take them through, and this hasn't been written yet, foundation two, which is about the church. Yeah. 
Okay, Foundation 2, which is about the church and um, specifically what the church is about, how the church functions, how you live within the church, and then what LifeHouse is about, and then the big five. Now, coming from Africa, I love this. In Peter, he writes and he says, the devil walks around like a roaring lion seeking whom may me devour. So from in Africa, of all the animals in Africa, everyone who wants to hunt, wants to hunt the big five. The lion, the leopard, the cape buffalo, the rhino, and the elephant. Now, of all the animals, those five were put together in a group because if you hunt those on foot, you are more than likely to be hunted back because they are the most deadly to hunt in Africa. So my question to you is, when the devil comes, what will he find? A little gazelle or some roaring elephant or lion or leopard to tackle him? I like that picture of, yeah, um, you know, if he comes hunting you, that you actually start, you know, um, turn him on his yeah, tail. So, so within that big five teaching, there are five aspects, five elements of that teaching. One is the course that Lena does, and it's? Intimacy with God. I always get that wrong. That's why I pointed to her. <laughs> and that's learning to hear God for yourself, isn't it, Yeah, Lena? it's learning about through, you know, scripture and journaling and worship, you know, just how to have intimacy with God. And then the second one is living from your heart, which, which works out to be for the men. We take them away to a boot camp, and we're using John Eldridge's Ransom Heart material, and we have a, a boot camp for men. And the girls have just finished their own beloved camp. Which, which was you, great. <laughs> we <laughs> call retreat, it a sorry. retreat, not a camp. <laughs> it was a retreat. It definitely was. <laughs> All and the mums that have their babies loved having Amen. some unbroken sleep, right? <laughs> And, and essentially, that that there's how do you actually live from your heart, and that is, and that starts to introduce the the disciple in terms of understanding aspects of the heart, what damages the heart, who God thinks they are, from God's perspective, and responding to God in that aspect, and then we teach them about the calling. What is your calling, and actually how you how do you live out your calling, and and understanding the difference between calling and service within the church. Because I, I've, I get so irritated when uh, I think people think that oh, I'm on the church council, therefore I'm called. No, no, no. Church council work, service work. Your ministry is out there in the world discipling people and, and, and impacting the kingdom. Then a little bit about end times. And I'm thinking of renaming this. All right. We'll let, oh, we'll let uh, Lena The roadmap. Yeah, the roadmap. <laughs> <laughs> And then, and then finally, uh, that's knowing your place in time and then spiritual warfare, which we've got a whole lot of spiritual warfare podcasts. And then we wrap that up by the six-day school, Answering Christ Call, where, Lena, do you want to describe no, I was it? just going to make sure. Well, you, <laughs> you basically, yeah, learn yeah. to do the works of Christ, yeah. right, yeah. which is what we call to do. Okay, so that's a really good rounded, all-rounded um Good, yeah, start towards becoming a disciple. So that's, yeah, your foundation, you know, guys. Yep. <laughs> um, so what about how do you disciple others? And, and I like the phrase here that um, we often quote is that more is caught than taught. All right, so the question we were looking at is how do you know you've been discipled? Lena, um, could you just talk to a bit of the, what, what the expectation would be if you've been discipled? Yeah, so, well, broadly, greatness. Um, you know, we're not talking about living a small little story where, you know, the the most you do for the kingdom of God is to clean the toilets. Um, that's, you know, service level stuff. That's, the, you know, what we all have to do. 
Um, but that's, that's not where it ends. We become more than what we ourselves actually believe we can be because God seeds dreams and, and gifts in us from the very beginning so that, you know, we can just totally um, expand and grow in this life. It's all about building his kingdom. And I think that that really answers it well, that, you know, becoming more, that is how you know you've been discipled. Being discipled, you've got someone who's actually drawing that more out of you by training and encouraging you. And one of the ways that um, that happens as well is through mentorship. David, would you like to say something about that? Well, that's the second aspect in terms of making sure that you're being discipled. The first one is the classroom and the second one is mentoring. And what I teach all my young guys when I'm doing mentoring is that there are three types of people that speak into your life. There's a Paul, there's a Barnabas, and there's a Timothy. So a Paul is someone that speaks into your life as a mentor, and um, that they are further ahead than you, and they have kingdom authority, and they use that kingdom authority. So you've got to be very, very careful when you select a Paul to speak into your life. The second proviso about selecting a Paul is oftentimes a Paul does not necessarily have authority in all areas. So, you know, be very careful when, you, when, when a Paul is speaking to your life that they're speaking from the area of authority and not just bloviating in some other area and, and, and you're taking advice from them in that area. That would be very dangerous. The Barnabas is someone that's sort Sorry, of... Sorry, yeah. can I just say, um, it's looking at the, like this, the spiritual age of a person. It's not because this person's 60, they must be great to mentor me spiritually. It's spiritual maturity yeah that's very important because spiritual maturity um often has nothing to do with chronological age Mm. yeah you find a lot of christians that are chronology their chronological christian age might be in decades but they've been on that enablement environment so they're sitting on the deck chair Mm. waiting to be changed and you know Mm -hmm. So, yeah, you've got to be very, very careful. And the, and the criteria for selecting a Paul is pray about it. See that they are operating within their ministry and, and that they, they, they understand what they're doing within that sphere of influence and step into that sphere of influence that they have and allow them to minister to you. And, and just be very circumspect with regards to the information that comes from them if it's coming from an area that they're not an expert in. For example... I was just going to say, yeah. just don't wait for somebody to come to you to yeah. ask to mentor you. Absolutely. That's something I've learned. Like, you have to actually go and look for that person yeah. and, and, like you say, pray about it and then go and have the courage to ask them, yeah. <laughs> even if you think they might say no. <laughs> a- absolutely. And, and, and if, if, if the person is a discipler at heart, they're going to take you on. Mm. You know, I've, I've, I, I put some strict parameters around the guys that I'm discipling and, um, yeah, I'm the, <laughs> we have some fun. The second level is a Barnabas level, which would be a person that is a colleague of yours. So, yes, that person can speak into your life in various areas, but it's someone that you walk together with. You're so sort they're of more a peer. Same, yes, yeah, yeah. a peer. And you minister together. Like Barnabas and Paul, mm. they ministered together. Paul went and fetched, but Barnabas went and fetched Paul, took him to Antioch or, and, and, and introduced him and open doors for him, went with him on ministry journey, so look out for the Pauls and the Barnabases. And the third level is the Timothys. More often than not, I have found that Christians get tangled up in all kinds of nonsense because when they get into a situation, they go to Timothys. 
And they let Timothy speak. They let their Timothy lives. give them advice when, yeah. Yeah. Mm. Timothy is someone that you are a Paul to. You are speaking into Timothy's life. And so be very, very careful about allowing a Timothy to speak into your life with regard to specific areas where spiritually they are still Timothy's. So that's the mentoring. So, so you, you get a mentor next to you, get next to a mentor, get next to a Barnabas, and then you start making disciples, which are your Timothy's. And, and I think that's that you'll always, you know, have people ahead of you and you'll always have people behind mm-hmm. you. And when I say behind, I just mean in terms of that you can help them. So mm-hmm. no matter what age you are, um, there's always someone younger as well and, you know, younger spiritually that you can actually be talking into and encouraging and exhorting. So that's really important as well. Mm. All right, so another aspect of um, how do you know you've been discipled is immersion also, a.k.a. deep end swimming at Life House. <laughs> yeah. It's not I so much it. deep end swimming, it's being dropped in the dropped deep end. Dropped in I the deep end. <laughs> yeah. And swimming in the deep end yeah. and doing a good yeah. job. Yeah. Well, it's, it's, it's essential that you do. You know, mm. I mean, I see so many people in the church that are just receiving, 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 and they're not actually doing And so immersion is activation into ministry. Mm. And I've got a philosophy which, is, which lines up with my time scale that Jesus used. Let me just tell you um, a bit about, you know, what people think of David. It's like if you give David a finger, he <laughs> takes the whole arm and the body. So, <laughs> so Show a spark of interest. <laughs> Don't even sneeze around. Like avoid, avoid eye contact. Here comes David. I'm running in the other direction. Um, but it's good. Well, it is activation. It is activation. And, 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 and my, my philosophy in activation, and I'm going to ask the, the, the young ladies here about what it did feel like, is if you look at Jesus, within, within 18 months, he sends 70 people out to preach the kingdom, the kingdom of God and drive out demons yep. and heal the sick. And they come back and he, Jesus says to them, I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. Wow. You know, there's no specialized training just this is i will make you fishes of men mm. watch me now to come do it with me mm. now let me watch you now go and do it and that mm. i got from my green which is the um three 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 dm ministry and isn't it like any sort of even in your jobs and things like you learn on the job? Yeah. Do you know what I mean? There's no better way to learn than by actually doing. You yeah. can sit and have all the theory and sit there for ages, but it's once you get in, into it that you actually learn the best. Mm. I love I love the responses of the first time preachers when so they get all pumped at the end, like and, they, and they and they come back and well, I didn't realise it took so much work to prepare yeah. sermon. <laughs> I thought you only worked one day a week. <laughs> I have never said that. <laughs> and I would never have said that either. <laughs> you lie. <laughs> they wouldn't dare laugh at us. <laughs> so what did it look like for you, Lena, if there's any particular incident you can remember or, you know? Uh, probably just the most that stands out is the first time I preached, which is like... The combination of total exhilaration and total terror at the same time. <laughs> you know, at one point, just like, this is the 
best thing I've ever done with my life. Next time, like, I want to go home and cry. <laughs> the part I hate the worst, even now, is when um, you're worshipping beforehand, and I often think, what's what's David going to do if I just got up and ran out of here? <laughs> <laughs> you know, just waiting just before you go up that second before. I oh, dare be so you'll be experiencing this in a few weeks' time. And mine's only five we might just tie you to your chair so you can't go anywhere. <laughs> well, the scary part for me is that I've actually, when I was studying. Um, in youth ministry, I had to actually do a sermon, and I actually didn't do that well at it. So <laughs> a little bit nervous. Baby steps, five minutes, you'll be all right. And you'll all thank us one day for all this. <laughs> we already do. <laughs> I think for the the whole time I've been at Lifehouse, I've always been nervous that David's going to come up to me one day and say, "Okay, next week you're preaching." And I'll and so in the back of my mind, I'm like, um, I've braced myself for it this whole time. And so, you know, when, when I was actually asked, actually not by David or Carolyn. Uh, excuse me, who do you think? Um, no, you, Carolyn asked me to do the podcast, yes. But Anna asked me. Uh, yeah, they, that's what I said. And But Anna had asked me to do, well, she was the one that came to me and asked me to preach. I'm sure it was you, Carolyn, that got her to. But I was like, okay. Yeah, sure. <laughs> oh, relief. Well, relief that the shoe has... Serious. Okay, yeah. I was braced and... Okay. The shoe has finally fallen, right? The shoe has dropped. Is that often the anticipation waiting, hey, yeah. is the worst? You know what, Debbie, it's not. The oh, worst okay. is when you have to walk up. No, I'm yeah. just <laughs> no, That's all right. I just figure I'm not actually just saying yes to you guys. I'm actually yeah. saying well, yes to God. Exactly, so. and that's it. Yeah. And, and that as well, too, you know, it doesn't mean you're not going to be terrified, that's fun. It's mm. just that courage <laughs> just and boldness. Anyway. Courage is doing it afraid, <laughs> yeah. and so that's awesome. You're doing it anyway, and God honours that because, you know, you're stepping out in obedience, which is awesome. I it's am I'm waiting till after I actually preach and then for one of you to say, okay, next time, just close your mouth in the water. <laughs> <laughs> or move take your arms. A, take a breath. Oh, bring your head up to take a breath. Don't take a breath in the water. All right. If I drown, just drag me off the stage <laughs> gracefully, Okay. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you, everybody. That was um, really good. So basically, we talked about how you know that you've been discipled. And so I guess it's really if you're uncomfortable all the time and you've been stretched and challenged, then you know you're probably a good chance that you are being discipled. So something to look forward to. If you're not, stretching is good. Mm -hmm. Stretching is good. Growth can be painful, but it's good pain. So thank you for joining us once again. And we'll speak to you again next week so look us up on our lifehouse um webpage at www.lifehouse.net or check us out on facebook <laughs>